following contains adult language, content, and descriptions of actions not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Guru Presario Media presents the Guru Presario Podcast, starring me, Mal Sanchez. The word entrepreneur gets thrown around a lot, but it's defined by very few. Join me as I sit down with those that I've come to know, and through the art of conversation, we can all learn a little something from the nature of our work. Let's start the show. Boom, we're back. What episode is this, Oz? I don't even know what episode we're on, man. 26. 26. Episode Whoa. 26 here with my boy, Matt Garcia. That's me, a.k.a. Maddie Boom Batty, a.k.a. Where's Bach Wonderboy, a.k.a. Your Baby Mama's Favorite DJ, a.k.a. <laughs> Micho Kana Maddie, a.k.a. South Flores Flowrider. What's up, boy? How Fuck you yeah, doing, man? good, brother. Cheers real quick. Long Cheers, time no man. see. Cheers. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Tobo Chico with Sierra Vieja. Oh, that's right. Shout out to Sierra Vieja. Yeah. Let's put him on the camera. Boom. Appreciate you, Harold. Thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing that by. Dude, Thank you for having me on today. Of course, dude. Thanks We've been for chatting in. for a while, but 15 years, I yeah. think. I think I did. Actually, more. We did the math. I, you, fifth grade, fourth grade, same elementary school. So we're looking. Yeah, colonies north. Never passed a tax test in math, so I'm really bad at this. But I'm going to say like 25 years, maybe, give Something or take. Something like, like that. I mean, fifth grade, what? We were, 10, I'm 31 nine. now, so. Okay, I'm 31 as well. How old are you in fifth grade? I think I'm, I think I'm nine. Ten? Ten or nine or ten, so 21 years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's good wow. Time, we could dude. have a kid that's old enough to drink if we had a kid together. We could, bro. I'd be kind of cute. Could. <laughs> We'd make a cute kid. Oz yeah, agrees. man. Oz is like, yeah, you would. So, appreciate you coming in, bro. This Thanks is uh, this is, this is good, man. This is a refresher, to be honest. Um, I've, I feel like, creatively, man, I've been in this fucking slump, and I, and I talked about this on my story yesterday, but I've been in this slump, dude, and I'm just like, you know, what better way to get out of this slump than to bring an old friend on Thank you. Let's talk some shit. Let's be real. Let's not focus on the business. Let's not focus. Not to say we can't talk about business. Just a little bit of business. Bus- a little bit of business. But most importantly, this is a this is a catch up, dude. This is yeah. a catch up that I think is um, is much needed as far as my mental health goes. I, I, I love that. Same for you. I love that. Yeah, of, of course. I mean, I have uh, broke my leg two months ago. Tell us about that. Dude. On a really yeah. gnarly. Don't ride bird scooters. Uh, don't come after me, bird scooter. But don't ride bird scooters. <laughs> Uh, just threw him under the yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah, hard. Right. Well, they threw me under the scooter, so <laughs> fuck them. Uh, yeah, long story short, <laughs> I was with the Soto brothers. Shout out Soto Vino if you haven't uh, oh, yeah. tried Soto Vino. Tried some of that you're shit living under a rock. This is good stuff. Uh, I was with the Soto brothers. We were hanging out, uh, jumped off a scooter, just like minding my own business, and I broke my leg in like five places, shifted my bone. It was rough, dude. But I've been at home a lot, and so I've just been like had a lot of time to think, a lot of time to just kind of be in your own mind. So when you said like, "Hey, let's get together, let's shoot the shit," I was yeah. like, "Perfect, perfect, perfect." Feels perfect. good, right? It does, man. It does. So you're in a rut. Let me hear a little <laughs> bit about this. Let me hear about that. I don't fucking understand it to be honest with you, man. It's been, uh, it's probably been Oz. How, you've you've seen the reflection of it, Oz. How long has it been since you've seen me kind of mentally just fucked up? Ooh. So that's like good four weeks, dude. So I've been, I mean, I've been down with the injury going on 12 weeks. And I hit it. I hit it pretty well for like a month before You're definitely going to. You're definitely Mm. going to. You know, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, I think, I think it may just be a change of scenery. Like, you know, not, not just like you said, you went to New York, which was awesome. What do you do when you go to New York? I eat, like I eat like a fat Roman king. I eat a lot. I eat a lot. So the first thing that I, that I always do when I get to the city, so I literally get off the plane and take a cab or take an Uber nowadays, right? We take a cab, take an Uber into the city. Yeah, take the cab. Drop your shit off, 
drop your shit off at the hotel. As soon as you drop your shit off, where I are we always staying? Where are we staying? Arlo and Soho. Ugh, Shout Soho. out to Arlo and Soho. Soho dude. is beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. Beautiful. Dude. But first stop that I always make, man. It's a uh, ground support coffee. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been. It's Never. in. Uh, it's in Soho. Okay. Unique little spot, although they changed their sandwich menu, and I'm not a fucking fan of don't it anymore. Don't fucking do that. They fucking changed it up, dude. They used to have what was called the picnic. Barbecue. Barbecue sauce. Okay. Potato chips. Build it, yes. Turkey. Build it. I don't even think it had cheese. Lettuce, cheese. And, lettuce and tomatoes. Oof. Bro, it was the shit. That sounds fantastic. I went back. Especially I got a vinaigrette sandwich now. I'm like, oh, fucking eat vinegar. I'm sorry. I don't eat no. vinaigrette, dude. Dude, no, no. I'm a ranch guy. You're South Texas. Yeah? Yeah, you gotta eat ranch. I'm barbecue, dude. You're a barbecue guy? Barbecue all day. Like, like a sauce, is that your jam? Bro, that's my that's my jam. Like that's sauce, okay. meat. Like I I do the, I, I call myself like the tour of the tour of barbecue. So in I Texas. open your fridge just like barbecue. Straight sauce. up, straight up. Wow. See, yeah. I'm mayonnaise. Like mayonnaise yeah? is the most universal thing you can Fuck, ever man. put on. Fucking like think about it. Think about all the good foods that have mayonnaise base. Yeah. Remoulade, tartar sauce, ranch dressing, like all a little bit of mayonnaise. It's in true. There. It's like it's true. It's the white paint. I think of. I'll of be honest. Condiments. I stopped eating mayonnaise when I was like ten. What? Yeah, dude. I just didn't. Well, you look great. Like That's why. That's the Appreciate first that. part. You can't eat mayonnaise and look like you. It's kind of fucking weird, but I don't eat any kind of white dressings. Nothing. Like nothing, Whoa. dude. Hold on. Yeah, bro. It's a little fucking weird. Alabama white barbecue sauce, whatever it's called. Never tried it. Never, because it's white sauce. I probably would never. Wow. Yeah. You're like the undercover brother of the white condiment world. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, undercover brother. Yeah, man. But uh, so back to the story, yeah. mental mental rut, right? I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. I've. Uh, I've, I've tried to distinguish and, and pinpoint what exactly, like, where my state of mind is yeah, at. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, dude. No, I, 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 I I can't, like, I can't pinpoint it. And I, I need to go to a fucking therapist. Like, yeah, do it. I need to call someone that actually, like, the holistic side of things. Because I'm very, I'm in my own fucking world. And when you yeah. think, when, it, when you, I'm minored in philosophy. So when you think of, like, my mindset is I'm always questioning things. Of course. Um, I'm cynical as fuck. I don't know if I'm a narcissist, but I definitely view things from all angles. So I, yeah. I credit if I'm going to a therapist and the therapist is like, well, you got to do this guaranteed. I'm going to fucking criticize it for like, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. I know why well, no, I'm know. the same way. You know, I grew up in like very Southern Baptist style house. Yeah. So like you don't go to therapy, you just pray it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was a thing. I was like, oh, I mean, you gotta, that didn't really work for me. You know, and so I had to figure out like what was next and being down, being, being, having a broken leg, you know, it's funny. You talk about being in a rut and you talk about being yeah. down, but Jim Carrey kind of said it best as I was like going through it and trying to figure out like why I wanted to do this. When you get tired of playing a character, it's like being an actor, right? Like everything we do, whether we know it or not in today's world, we're putting on that outward facing character, True. right? Like once this is all off and your phone's off, like you can be Mal. Right. You know, and so maybe that's it. Maybe you're tired of, maybe it's the transition. You know, you're probably right, man. Cause I've, I've, I've definitely, I'm always like, I've swore an oath to authenticity. Yeah, of course. But you know, when you're getting pulled in different directions, when it comes down to like client work, business, podcast, who's coming in, what kind of people do you need to bring in to actually like attract viewership? Yeah. When you think of all those things, yeah, you're, you're, there's still going to be an element of authenticity that is missing. Of course. And maybe that's what my fucking issue is, dude. Well, I think you're spreading yourself too thin. It's probably It's right. like the problem you see in restaurants, right? That's why I think a lot of my favorite chefs in this city, um, just for everybody who doesn't know me, uh, Matt Garcia, been in restaurants since I was 15, have worked for some really cool people, been able to make some really cool friendships. Um, San Antonio has two food scenes, and I'm just going to be real with you. Yeah. There's everything that goes on. Um, 
in the suburbs and kind of the commercial aspect of food, right? We're a big chain city, big Riverwalk tourist thing. So you're right. going to see the, and people's favorite restaurants are normally multi chain places. Right. And then what are the top three that like when that, when you say that before you go restaurants on yeah, in, chain in restaurants, San Antonio? So people can understand this. Um, so I think, yeah, yeah. So to me, some chain restaurants that I think you and your family would go celebrate things at because they're nice. It's like Papados is number one. All right. I just went to Papados this weekend. And it was great. I mean, it, right, it's right. a great San Antonio chain staple. for sure though. Papacito, yeah, those chains, Papacitos, you get the, uh, the Maggianos, the chilies, right. the Outbacks, Longhorn, you know, shit that my grandparents like, right. there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's great. It's good food. I guarantee you that those cooks out there on those lines can bang out food faster than you can see in some Michelin right. kitchens, you know? True. And then there's the food scene, which is the guys who you, we, I guess, hashtag true cooks kind of deal, you know? Yeah, dude. You go out there to every day, day in and day out, become the best that you can do. You can't do that anymore. Right. You know, like these chef driven restaurants, like they're dying. Right. For that simple reason. You get in this character rut and you get on the line and you're 40 years old and you've been working Why on Why do line. those concepts die so, I mean, it feels like they die pretty quick, right? You're, I'm yeah. thinking like 24 months maximum time. Sure, months. sure. So the average lifespan of a restaurant to be successful is like two to five years. Yep. And then after year five, you get a five-year window where it's either you're going to close or you're going to hit to the 10-year mark. Right. And if you get to that 10-year mark, you, you're pretty well established. You can ride it out. You know, we see some places in town who have been, you know, I think of some OGs like Little Red Barn on the south side. You have Los yeah. Barrios, which has kind of expanded now, but the original location is still open. Um, a lot of Mexican places, you know, Hakala, Ray's Drive-In, shit like that. Um, Paisano's is another one, even though it's a small local chain, they've been around right. for almost 70 years or whatever the story was last time I walked in there. Would you say they're, they're, they're not part of the chain that mm, we I, I think, about? I think, I think it's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's it, no, not at all. I think it's like levels, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like major leagues, minor leagues, and then amateurs in a way. Right. Like in terms of business size, big change are the majors and then local change are the minors and mom and pops are the amateurs. But I think in terms of cooking and in terms of doing what we do, you flip that scale on its head, right? Like yeah. Anybody who needs to be a cook job can just go work at a big restaurant. And if you're a little bit more skilled, you can go to like a, mo you know, a local chain. And, but if you want to bang out on the line and get specials and read cookbooks and share ideas and you go to the mom and pop restaurant, you go to the Clementines, you go to, you know, the Russes at Clementines, I think first off the bat, uh, they're a husband and wife duo over in Castle Hills who have just been blowing it up. You have my buddy Alan Nelson out Rebel, who I've worked on the line with, is now running one of the best seafood restaurants in the city. You know, you have guys like um, which one's that? What, Rebel at the same at the well, same. Is that is that seafood? Yeah, focused? seafood. Yeah, okay. seafood focused. Uh, one of the coolest happy hours in town too. I don't know if they do it anymore, but before pandemic, you get like one dollar East Coast oysters. No shit. And like five dollar martinis, which for guys who've been able to travel and yeah. been able to, like, there's nothing better than slurping down oysters, drinking martinis. I agree, man. It's but it's sexy. hard to fucking find. A good it's hard oyster to find. It's down. hard. You know, um, there's some places who are doing it pretty well. The Carpenters over at Little M's do a pretty good job. Yeah, uh, I've had of those. oysters. They're great. They're wonderful people too. Been able to build friendship with them, and that's the cool part. In that little inner circle, you're able to build these friendships. Be able to like right. really compete though, and it makes you better. But at the same time, like the clientele. Right. In San Antonio just isn't there or is not there yet. I think we're the generation to get us there. Right. But it's never, it's not at the point of a major city yet, you know? And I think we're What's slowly What's the holdback, man? What's the holdback? Is Value? it like the boomers that... I don't blame it all, all on the boomers. Right. I think it's a, it's a gen, it's a citywide thing. Right. That's why we don't, it's like why our food team won't compete with Austin, right? Like, True. are you going to, like, I don't mind going and spending $200 on a dinner if I get two or three bottles of wine, some cocktails, four or five plates, and I spend three and a half, four hours. Right. There. That's how you should eat. Right. But my parents and your parents are probably from the same generation where if it's like not under 20 bucks and doesn't come <laughs> with like two sides on the plate, right. it's not a value. You're not going to eat it. 
Right. You know? I can't speak for everybody's parents, but I think it's a majority true. of San Antonio grew up that way. Because you can probably catch me a lot of flack from majority of San Antonio. I, I always think of, so when I go out to eat, man, I think of it from a different perspective. Well, not a different perspective from what you stated, but I always think about the experience. Like, to oh. me, I'm going to fucking pay whatever I need to pay to have a great experience. Yeah. But the moment that that experience begins to turn sour, mm-hmm. I'm like turned off, dude. Oh, 100%. And it's hard to, fi- it's hard to find <laughs> concepts or experiences at restaurants in town. Yeah, so I think that comes kind of twofold. You know, I think one of it is the living wage part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we forget that people who work in restaurants, that's their job, right? It's Imagine true. if someone came in, sat in your lobby, came up to this podcast, and was just a fucking asshole to you yeah, because they're that. hungry. Like, yeah. people are terrible when they're hungry. People yeah. who want to eat, like, you've, you deal that's with a, it. And, that, and, that, and that's the shitty part, but I think everyone, so anybody who's fucking listening to this needs to have a, there's a social responsibility. 100%. When you go out to a restaurant, you better be kind, man. You don't yeah, know what kind empathy, of day that that server empathy, has had. Man. Yep. Yeah. I know? agree. Uh, especially in this post-COVID world, right? Like, I can speak from working in a restaurant that didn't close. Yep. Because your owners don't have, you don't have a choice. You know, you're a mom and pop place, two or three places. You get your PPP and you bust your ass to stay open. You know, we, we, we did our best. And, and luckily, you know, my, I was working for a great ownership group and they were able to keep us afloat. But like you worked through that, you dealt with customers, you, you had to tell people no to not put their mask on. You know right. what I mean? Like you had to protect yourself and, and we dealt the brunt of it. And then we got, we got our unemployment. We actually could live pretty well for a second. Yeah. There's no stress, you know, you weren't working 12 plus hours a day. You didn't have someone yell at you. You weren't going paycheck to paycheck. Well, maybe like you kind of were, but like the, the, the stress of life changed. And right. then the restaurants reopened and they called you back and they're like, ready to come make the same amount of money, do the same amount of shit you did before. And it's like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> you I can know? imagine, dude. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, like, I, I don't think I speak for everybody, but I know I've heard this, this conversation be brought up a lot. And not all owners are like that. Not all owners are bad. Not everyone's scamming, you know, or, right. or treating their employees like shit. A lot of people really do treat their employees like family. A lot of people do. Uh, I would say if you could, my three mentors in my life at the moment, all are in the restaurant business, have some aspect of, of a restaurant um, background because they really worked hard to to keep people afloat and they teach you not, I think restaurants are, are one of those great things. And I, Anthony Bourdain kind of said it best. Like yeah. they're all a mix of like gypsies, robbers and like runaways because good restaurateurs, good restaurants, the same thing that they do to a guest where they make you feel like family and they make you forget about the problems that happen outside those worlds. Great restaurateurs do that for, for their employees. Right. You bring them in in that eight to 10, 12 hours a day, whatever it may be. You, you really forget. I mean, I've worked in some magical fucking kitchens, man. Speaking of, speaking of Bourdain, man, that, um, recently you, you, I know we talked about this briefly, but, um, that documentary really, really kind of, it, 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 dude, that doc, I'm getting goosebumps. Every time I fucking talk about it, I get goosebumps. Yeah. That documentary hit home, man, because it truly, I felt like I was interacting with Tony Bourdain at those moments. Um, Absolutely. The way he describes these restaurants. I mean, is that how? That's exactly how it is. So I cried. I'm a crier. I like to cry. You know, someone asked me the other day, is it natural for you to cry? Same, bro. And I couldn't say yes or no because of the fact that like, it's just a natural reaction to me. Whether I'm happy, where I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm shocked. Like crying is usually what happens. Uh, I cried from the beginning. There's a scene where he's sitting outside of Leal and he's on his cell phone and he has a clipboard and it's like it's calling the order calling in. the order i've done that so many times right so many times uh calling tickets on the line you know and then to just see it kind of like your your whole world changed 
Right. And you were no longer stuck on a line for 80 hours a week. You're now fucking, like he said, I'm watching the sunset over the Saharan desert. And that's when Tony Bourdain came into my life was right around that time. So I remember 12, 13, no reservations coming out, reading Kitchen Confidential when I was 15 uh, and knowing that's what I wanted to do. So my first job in a restaurant was 15 years old. I was a prep guy for my uncle's catering company. And it was the kind of gig where like he writes about this and he talks about this and, and it's changed, I think now, but back then, you know, 15 years ago, I was getting cigarettes after shifts. Marble Reds and, and, and Heineken's. Yeah. 15 years old. Yeah, getting called monkey. Like, good job, monkey. And like, I'm fucking stoked. What was monkey? Yeah. What the fuck was that yeah. mean? I was just like, it was just like, it was it was a term of affection. Okay. Because I would hop from place to place. I, you know, just, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like bitch boy. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's nicer than calling me bitch, I, I think. I fetch coffee. <laughs> you fucking know? year. I know what Yeah, that means. you know what that is. And so like, you do that and... As you're growing up and you're seeing this, you're like, okay, if I work really, really hard, you know, I'll get to get out of this kitchen one day and go be on TV. When the truth of the matter is like, no, you don't get to, you don't get to be on TV. That's why, you know, we can name probably 10 celebrity chefs and not the hundreds of thousands of guys who slave away day after day, six to seven days in a kitchen making, making the food that we all like to go out and eat and then bitch about that it's not that good. When none (laughs) of us could step on a line, cut mise en place, go to service, bang it out, wake up the next day and do it again without becoming, you know, it's not even an eight hour day. It's a, it's a 12 hour, 14 hour day. Yeah. 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 So average, average, average days, I would say for, for like me in a manager position, a busy Friday, Friday, like today I would have got to work about 12, 12, 31 o'clock. Right. Um, make sure all my orders are in, make sure that the AM guys have started the long-term projects, make sure my fish has come in, everything's quality, check it all in. And then I'd start working. And right. so I, the, the thing about, they don't tell you about cooks is like, it's superstition. Most of the time, like your towels have to be in. I worked with this one guy, uh, one of my favorite cooks to work with. Cause he was six, six and I'm five, five. Is this that cookhouse or what this was that cookhouse? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out my boy. <laughs> Shout out my boy Josiah, because he's six six, college D one basketball player, and I'm five five. Yeah. So Josiah would. More? Yeah, we're doing this today. Yeah, we are. Josiah would cook above me, and I would cook below him. So he would swing plates like this, and I would be able to work underneath him. One of the funnest experiences I had. But Josiah was one of those people like he had to set it up. Right. The line, same way every time. You you get in that repetition. So you set it up, you get ready, and then service isn't for till five o'clock. So you bang out service, you know, you get ready, service hits at five, then it's five hours of just straight it's rock and roll, man. Right. Lights are especially in an open kitchen, like it's like it's so sexy. True dude. backstory, dude. First job I ever had, Jason's deli. I banged out oh, sandwiches yeah, for like dude. a fucking year and a half. Fuck yeah. And then I made tacos at Taco Cubana. True Sucks. story. Yeah. I made tacos. It must have been rough. Um but yeah, but I learned a lot. Not specifically at Taco Cabana because the Mexican ladies were a little hard to interact with because they just hated young people, I guess. You're taking their hours, bro. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing, but I was definitely, uh, yeah, they, they, I was not liked there. But um, <laughs> at Jason's Deli, I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot about what it means to run a restaurant. 100%. You had, I mean, and, and Jason's Deli, is a big, I, I, I'm I assuming it's bigger than other places because they had like four in? managers. Bill Miller's. Bill Miller's yeah. the hardest kitchen I've ever worked in. Crazy, it's bro. It's insane. It's chaotic. Well, I think it's part of like it's part of the model, and you know, it's 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 tough, and that's why these places are successful, and that's why they blow up, right? Right. Because like you create a model that is robotic to a sense. Yep. Right. Like that's almost you, what it felt like. If you didn't work out, they could have hired me. I don't and work trained out. Trained me, and then you know what I'm saying? Please, bro. We'll get into that. That's part of. Uh, we'll get into that later. 
Because right now, just in restaurants real quick. I broke my leg, was in restaurants. Action Bronson broke his leg, was in restaurants. So I'm either become a rapper. Holy shit. Or I don't, think, I don't think I'll become a rapper, but that'd be tight though, right? I see you doing a podcast, bro. I think that'd be cool. You know, I'm, I'm enamored with your studio. Like, I'm, I said bro. this before, but we're, gonna, we're bringing the word horny back, y'all. I'm yeah, horny for this studio. <laughs> like, the purple lights or everything, bro? The whole thing. I mean, purple, the purple shout, lights are what get me horny. Shout out Prince. You know what you know does a little really, you know, so, my boy Aaron Pena over at Amor de Yeah, Dorno, oh yeah. Love Aaron. Sexiest bar. The lighting in there. It is, bro. It's the lighting. It is. It's so good. It is. Do you ever watch the screen when you're sipping on something? I don't. I, I don't, dude. Straight up, watch the screen next time. Anybody who's listening, watch the screen Dorno next time Amor you're at Amor. Okay, let me ask you this, because you're Best in a rut. We're yep. gonna, let's say we're going to take you out on a, on a San Antonio date. I'm going to take you out All on right. a date. All right. Where do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? What are we doing? San Antonio? I have to stay in yeah. San Antonio? Yeah, you got to stay here. I'm cheap. Fuck. I don't run a podcast. I broke sure. my leg. Well, I can't say the places I want to go is cheap, but um, I would say probably first, first stop dinner or first stop first, first is a drink. First stop is drinks, dinner, drinks. Okay, so drinks, dinner, drinks. First stop for a drink. Where would you? There where, you go. Yeah. First stop for a drink would probably have to be. Honestly, man, I'm I'm fucking easy. I just need a scotch. Um, so we're going to Sternworth. Yeah, Sternworth. We do Sternworth. We do Sternworth. Shout out Ben Gare over at Sternworth. See, yeah, I know people. Yeah, I love Ben. I love my friends. I think they're. It's the best part about being in ben this on, industry. Actually. Ben's great. You know Ben. Ben's yep. fan. Fucking fantastic. Man, I'm at Old Main Association. So yeah, first stop is uh, definitely Sternworth Scotch. Dinner probably Maverick because I haven't oh. been there in a while and I had a really great experience. I don't remember what such I ate, se- but I had a great such experience, a sexy bro. Restaurant. Yeah. The three room concept is genius. Yeah. Like you have three rooms that look like three different restaurants. Right. Super excited what they're about to do. Um, I guess I can say because I have social media. But one yeah. of my favorite f- chefs in the city, a guy named Robbie Nolan. Yeah. He just came back from California. is helping out over at Maverick. But he's about to open like an Amafi Coast Italian restaurant right down the street from us nice, here. Dude. Yeah, it's going to be sexy. Shout out shout out Robbie. He's cool as fuck. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and it's okay. So drinks, dinner, drinks. Drinks was first at um, Sternworth. You know, Sternworth got you Maverick. Scratch. And then after that, cigar and drinks at uh, George's Keep. Ooh. George's Keep George's patio. Keep. Man, the Mahoney group really introduced me to, like, yeah. they were the Northside Kings for a bit. Like, when we had, you remember Green Lantern? When I Green Lantern Green opened? Lantern, bro. Ooh, I remember the, Green Lantern when I was, like, 15. Gr- oh, that shit was, that was the first craft <laughs> cocktail bar I ever went to. Yep. Uh, sweet Potato Jameson Car Bombs. Yeah. I had blacked out a night or two. Shout spicy out. Spicy tequila. Spicy me, tequila, yeah. Spicy the strawberry vodka. Spicy cucumber. Oof, yeah, that was the, uh, girls love that, dude. Yeah, back they in do. The day. Yeah, they yeah. did. Because you went to school here in town, yeah, too, right? of course. You went to UIW? Of course, UIW. See, I stayed on the north side. I went to UTSA when yeah. there was like nothing. Kids who go to UTSA right now, if any of you are listening to this, you're fucking spoiled. They have everything. You're fucking spoiled. You got sandbox down the street so, if you're living in the dorm. Yeah, so fucking spoiled, bro. <laughs> You can live. We had Cantina. Let me let me just paint the I scene to you that. on Cantina. I remember that. Imagine a dive bar with a bunch of stripper lights, yep. a sound system from the 80s, and door guys who would let you get in underage as long as you paid them 20 bucks. And a stinky couch in the back. Stinky couch. Which you could take your girl if you wanted to. Which, let me tell you, there are more kids on that couch. It's true, man. Whew. It's true. Jeez. I don't even want to talk about it on I air. I don't think I'll I can be, talk about it. Yeah, can, I, I can, t- can I curse on air? Yeah, you could curse okay, on Okay, guys, I want to say fuck like five times. <laughs> But I've caught myself and it just looks like I'm stuttering. I think I've cussed a lot this yeah. episode. Oh, it's probably the most I've cussed. It's good. It's good, you know? It's not bad, man. So back to Tony Bourdain movie. Yeah. You loved it. I loved it. Loved it, dude. I know people were upset. I think it was cool they used that technology. People were upset? Yeah, people were mad because they did that technology where they, they used spliced his voice. his voice. 
And then they made his girlfriend look bad at the end, which I can see that. I can see that a little bit. I can too, but I mean, in reality, it's, it's just, just a like, story. Yeah, it's a story. It's I just mean, a story. And, and you could tell the uh, the director was trying to make it as raw as he could, but yeah. still keep it entertaining. Well, I think also if you really if you really pay attention to what they're saying, I think it's more of a narrative, and the kind of can fit into maybe you can t- touch on this a little bit. Yeah. Even when it seems like you're doing everything else, someone would want to do right you may not be happy. Of course. You know? There's always going to be people that criticize, that don't like. You can't, you can't, I mean, this is, this is uh, what universal. This is universal principle applies any, in, into anything. But you, whatever you do in life, you can't necessarily entertain everyone. Oh, never. Someone is going to criticize it. Yeah. Someone's not going to like it. Yeah. And that's okay. At the end of the day, it's okay. Like, and then I, you pick to be a fucking artist, right? right. Which is like the craziest thing. Someone yeah. who's so sensitive is like, I'm going to go put my, sh- my emotions on a plate on a page, yeah. on the screen. Yeah. And then just have to deal, you had to deal with that. Dude, and, and you know what really hit me during that documentary in the beginning of it? Spoiler alert. Get off the podcast if you're fucking, Go to if, the you fucking if you haven't watched it. Yeah, you need to watch it anyways. Honestly, By this time, you should have seen it. You should have seen it. Saw but, the Green Knight. We'll talk about that too. But during, during, so like in the beginning, whenever, I don't know if you remember his, uh, his two producers. Yeah. They're they like, hey, we're going to fly out and we're going to go and shoot in, I think their first stop was Tokyo. I could yeah, be wrong. They went to Tokyo first Tokyo, and then right? they went to Vietnam. Yeah. Right. So they go to Tokyo and they're like, holy shit, Anthony Bourdain is in a shell, in a turtle yep. shell, and we can't, we don't know what the hell to do, which is normal. Like, For cancers, I, bro. I'm a cancer. I yeah. know exactly what that yeah. feeling is like. But I feel, like, I feel like that's in any situation. I feel like always when you're going to my friend Mel, who's, we, we produce a podcast for them. Um, shout out to Operation Within if you're not listening to shout Operation Within. But she said this phrase yesterday and it, it struck home. Um, it went something along the lines of, what did she say, Oz? Leaders pave. Mm-hmm. Leaders pave, and I forgot the second term. Pretty much touching on the 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 essential part that if you're going to be a leader, you're going to you're going to lay the pavement, and yeah. sometimes that pavement is going to you know it's not it's not going to be perfect. Take you off a fucking but you're cliff. pushing. You're pushing. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. pushing, and, and it doesn't have to be pretty. But the idea is that you're going to push and make it happen. Yeah. Which, I mean, and in a situation like that, like those two directors, you know, they're, they're there, they're following with a the camera. And they knew that they were going to pave something. Yeah, 100%. And they hit, they hit the fucking like. They hit fucking gold. Yeah. Gold. Yeah, yeah. I think it also has a lot to do, you know, in, in, in restaurants, the re, it's like coaching. Right? You, mm-hmm. you become a man. I was talking to um, one of the guys I really enjoy coming to this stuff was his name Scott Oda. He's the owner, general manager of at High Street at the Pearl. Yeah. Uh, Scott and I were talking about this because I feel like coaching place is, is great, by the way. What's up? That place oh, is great. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, really great crew. Love everybody over there. Um, Scott's talking and I were talking about, like, how coaching and, and management in restaurants are super similar. And I think the same thing can be said for, like, anybody in that leadership position, whether you know it or not, you're a coach. Right. And, and you're a leader, but you create disciples. And that's the coolest part right. about, like, what I think Anthony Pordain did is, like, you can see a little bit in what that story was and, and that thing and shows like uh, Ugly Delicious with David Chang. Right. Or Binging with Babish, you know, which is a mainly a cooking show, but it, it's given someone a narrative and a platform to do something else, you know, uh, through food. Right. You know, he makes that great analogy, like the commonplace is the table. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, yeah. I think, oh, yeah. I think... I think it's sad, though. You know, he does touch on the fact that, like, not everybody's table is the same. Of course. And the food on that table is different. But the message and the bonding and the commonality all can be done around 
basically like a flat piece of whatever that you can eat on. Right. You know? And so as good restaurateurs, as good cooks, as good servers, as good bartenders, like you got to remember that. You got to remember like this is your channel. This is the ability to, to change someone's life. Right. I've heard so many cool stories about like bartenders from years past and regulars, people I'll never meet who've like impacted people's lives, chefs, cooks, so on and so forth, just because of the commonality of what they did behind, behind right. the table. There's a, there's a restaurant in uh, Little... As you saying that brings me to this. It's, uh, there's a restaurant in Little Italy that I go to. This is my second stop every time I go to the city. It's Umberto's Climb House. Yeah. You're familiar? Yeah, I've heard so, of it. So Umberto's Climb House at the front. I forgot his name, man, but there's a gentleman that greets you at the very front. In During the winter, you'll see him in a um, in a big, thick, uh, like a thick fur coat. Not, oh, yeah, he's wearing yeah. a fur coat, man. Sick. And, um, and literally, he'll talk anymore. to you. He'll just like... He'll talk to you, and he'll be like, hey, come try this out. There's a couple. There's a couple of things on the menu. Blah blah. blah. Anyways, long story short is that guy just creates a dialogue with everyone uh-huh. in that street. That's all it is. And it's like my favorite place stuff. in New York City is is a place called Maison Premier in okay. Bushwick, Brooklyn. Nice, dude. It's that oyster oyster house absinthe bar. Nice. Uh, one of the coolest, sexiest places. Just because Bushwick can use. You just get transport. I might be wrong. I don't really know Brooklyn. Or it's, no, Bed Stuy, not Bushwick. Bed Stuy. I lived in Bed Stuy. It's in yeah. Bed Stuy, right on Bed Bed Stuy Avenue. Shout out Biggie Smalls. Nice. Um. And yeah, dude, it's super, super sick because it does that, man. The the service staff is so well knowledgeable. Yeah. Like the the it doesn't even matter what goes on culinarily. It's that yeah. whole other aspect. Which is the cool part about I think I guess what I can take away from restaurants and apply to like daily life is just like that treat others the way you want to be treated, that yeah. golden rule. You know, my grandma says you don't have to like everybody, but you do have to love them. Yeah. You know, because that's what we're called to do is love. It's true. Uh, like that, that kind of thing can, you can use that in business. You can use that in your community. You can use that in your home. Like that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily like a restaurant thing. Right. You know, you see, like we were talking about earlier, if we still love Texas. Yeah, right, like, well, actually, that's a, that's a subject that's going to be big, but yeah, um, like I, I still I don't have to like my neighbors, but I damn sure true. do my best to love them. Let's take a small yeah. break. I need to. Uh, I'm going to step away. I need to go to the restroom real quick because I drink too much water. This guy and hydrate, caffeine hydrated. And, uh, it's we'll the gold. Right it's the ginger milk. You're just gonna. It's just me and you right now. Welcome to a podcast within a podcast with your host, Matt Garcia, and my co-host, Oz. Everybody say hi to Oz. Hey guys. So right now, wait, you have sounds? We haven't used it. I've been on this podcast for almost 20 minutes, and I have not heard one sound from you. Yeah. That's fucked up. So I can, what do you got? What do you got programmed? So I'm going to call for him. Okay. I like that. I like that. The laughs, okay. Ooh. Spooky vibes. Oh, yeah. Magical. I'm going to call those out now. When we're talking about some stuff, I'm going to call some of them out. Oh, no, that's okay. I just want to see. I want to be like, yo, Oz, give me. We just. Oh, that, that concludes podcast within a podcast with Matt Garcia and Oz. So I uh, I just found out this guy has sounds. Yeah, dude. And got, he's been holding gotta, out on sounds from us. We gotta we got you need to fire this guy. You need to fire this guy. <laughs> we got uh, we got all kinds of sounds in that little sound box. I dude. love it. We don't use them enough, honestly. We no, need to start don't. pushing them more. Especially when you get some like real fancy business guy on here. Yeah, dude. And just like throw oh, him off, Mister So and So from this Wall Street, and then just hit him <laughs> with a wah wah. <laughs> like that would be awesome. Right? I would love him to talk about like Bitcoin and be like, yeah, I lost my ass, and then. 
That's oh shit. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of Bitcoin, um, do you have any coins? I do not have any coins. I just saw this thing where if I would have bought a thousand dollars of coins ten years ago, I'd yeah, have eighteen million dollars. Saw that. Saw and that's that. not if I didn't sell and get crazy, which Mexicans hold on to shit forever. Yeah, true that we do. My, my grandma and my mom moved out of their house like three years ago. They live in that house 20, 25 fucking years, whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah. It took a whole Goodwill truck of shit. Like, <laughs> like, have you ever seen shit? My where grandma's they t- the biggest hoarder. Bro. Yeah, dude. All me- like, <laughs> I was just like, I didn't know, I didn't know Tupperware existed until I became an adult because I thought everything yeah. was stored in like crunchy crock containers and. I remember that, bro. Fucking, I can't I remember. And that. also, what is Mexicans' aversion to eating butter? I don't know, did man. Did you eat? What did, did you? No, mar- no. Margarine. We, we used margarine. margarine. Margarine all the time. All the time. I should probably. We should phone there my should, mom in. You should ask. I'll call my my grandma. Still, like, <laughs> she shouldn't eat it because her heart's bad because she's old. But like, she still eats margarine. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was their doctors that were saying, "Hey, I feel like you're highly prone to like high cholesterol." So eat you, plastic. Yeah, yeah. Eat, eat plastic, plastic, and you'll yeah. be all right. Yeah, it's genius. Well, shit, dude. How, Going how, back, to, you okay? Yeah, so bro. You, you feel better now? That was like that was like that was the quickest uh, restroom break I've ever taken. I, I was actually impr- you washed. Your I washed hands? my hands, dude. Did you wash your hands while peeing? You know, if I was talented, I probably could get away with if that. You but were, the sink if you were is talented, I'll tell you, there'd be a different kind of podcast right it's now. True that, man. Texas, go back to Texas, yeah, dude. So do like, we love or do we hate Texas now? What oof. what what is going on in Texas right now? So preface this, yeah. So real quick, you know, without without drawing any lines mm-hmm. at the moment. Texas has recently passed a series of laws that have really stripped away some essential freedoms from uh, a large portion of the population, minorities, especially some LGBTQ rights. Um, And then, of course, the big one is is the one that came out yesterday. It's kind of what got us talking is this new mandate where you can't. Yeah, businesses can't uh, draw the line of of vaccines and then counties can't do mask mandates. Right. So, you know, and all the while, and then we also real quick for the viewers out there who, who are recreational viewers like myself, you're also surrounded by three legal states now. Right. So not only do we have these strict voter registration laws, we have these ridiculous right. COVID mandates, and then you can't even get high. Like, at least let me get stoned. Right. Like, if you're not going to let me do anything <laughs> else, like, we can at least get high, you know? But, like, fuck, can't even do that. I got to go to New true, Mexico. Man. Who wants to go to New Mexico? They would draw an income, too, if they just you oh, know, pass so legislation. Much. So I don't much. understand what's, like, the whole Dude. Up. Incredible. Imagine like, let me paint a picture for you. Yeah. Imagine the neighborhood Michoacana dispensary. Bro, they'd whoa, kill it. Whoa. They would kill it. That's, a, that's what did you call it earlier? Ideating? Ideating, That's bro. an ideating. That's ideating right That's now. ideating right there. We're ideating right here. Yeah, that's what we do. Now, I love Texas, man. I love Texas because I consider myself the Hano. Family's been in Texas yeah. for like 300 years before, like before it was a republic and shit like that. Yeah. So like, I know these are where my roots are. I think for me, as I get into the point where like I'm, I'm engaged, maybe if I'm lucky, I can convince my fiance to have a kid with me. Yeah. Because I mean, look at me. Like, who's gonna want to have a kid? Bro. She's, she's gonna, gonna have a kid. She, she's gonna have a kid. She's gonna have These a kid. These summers. I mean, come on. So you're staying in Texas? So I don't know. I kind of want to move to Colorado. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. But I do love Texas. I don't. I'm not in love with Texas though. Right. It's like that old relationship. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I, I love think, Texas. But are you in love with it? I'm in love with it to an extent that. A lot of the, I'll just say it straight up. A lot of the fucking idiots who make legislation here. Yeah, which I is think like a lot. Eighty percent. Yeah, I think eighty percent of them are, are idiots. So imagine this: like we live in like this weird, Handmaid's Tale of a state where like yeah. you had to fl- they had to flee to D.C. Right, right. To, to, to just escape. to fucking escape. And yet, making something and yet, a law. Okay, hold on. Let's talk about this yeah. real quick because this is this is big brain thing. This is high IQ, right? So our legislatures in our state have to escape to go to another place to be safe. 
what's going on down south, right? Like there right. are people who are politically opposed who are having like it's the same shit. Right? Did you did you did you look into this? I posted you this shit the, on my story. Is he talking about the Diego Bernal? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Diego. Shout out Diego representing but San Antonio. He, he basically painted the picture as clear as it is, man. Uh, some of these laws that <laughs> that they tried, I, I believe it was a special special session. Yep. Um, that they tried to enact. Yeah. Was totally fucking ridiculous i mean when you think of it like my grandmother doesn't speak a lot of english she is a u.s citizen she was born in texas however she still has disconnections with i would say the language for one number one first and foremost she doesn't really like interacting with people that just speak a lot of english because she's not in her comfort zone it's like going to another country so it's like yeah getting her to go vote is already like pulling teeth yeah so when you when you look i mean watch my story or you could probably see it on Diego Bernal's IGTV. But if you if you watch specifically what he states is happening or would happen if these laws were passed, it makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. It's any person who is uncomfortable in situations where they're interacting with people that don't speak their language, yeah, and then they would a, totally not vote. Throwing a gerrymandered district on top of that? Suppression. You know what I mean? Like, were you... It, 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 it's crazy, you know. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy, and and it it's it sucks, man. Because you know, we as a young as I'm speaking directly to yeah. the sub thirties, right? Like if you're thirty years old or or eight thirty to eighteen, this message is for you. Don't think voting is lame. Don't think no, you're too not. good to vote. Don't think your vote doesn't matter, because what you're seeing here is like that's that unfortunately is the only thing that you got at the moment, right? You know, I have a really good friend of mine who's in, uh, just like a conspiracy theorist, right? Everything yeah. is a theory. And I and I love him for that because it creates great dialogue and yeah, we're able to course. interact. But like, his vote doesn't matter to him. Is that what and he I, says? Yes, he said. And I think that's the most stupid thing you can do. That's the only way, in my opinion, you fight back, right? You right. go out there and vote. And if they're going to make it harder for you, then you go out and you try even harder. Why does he think that his vote doesn't matter? Uh, Well... I mean, Has he gone deep with you about that? A little or? bit. I think it's the idea that the ol- like America is no longer like a democracy. It's just a really cool oligarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get even deeper, like you can look into like the brave new world of things, right? So like people like to look at the future since I guess these books came out. Is it going to be brave new world? Is it going to be nineteen eighty four? Right. And everyone assumes we're going on this authoritative nineteen eighty four kind of track. Right. It's not happening. <laughs> it's brave new world. Give me your soma. Give me my, give me my feel good. Let me have my quick stream and then break me up into classes, right? The A's, the B's, the C's, so on and so forth. You all are prisoners, right. but as long as I can be broken up into different segments and different classes and still feel above, then like, the fuck do I got to worry about, right. right? Right, And so we like to joke that like, no, we're more in a brave new world scenario than we are like ever close to 1984. Um, but with that, it's like that idea that my vote doesn't matter. Lobbyists can buy off my politicians. It doesn't matter if I voted this guy in by the time he gets to Washington, you know, right. someone's going to get in his pocket. I saw a tweet that it was like some Australian chick. She's like, it blows my mind that like AOC and represent Omar and some of these like left-leaning representatives are fighting for what are basic rights in the developed world. Mm-hmm. And yet we're America. Right. You know it's pretty mean? ridiculous, it's dude. Crazy, it's man. pretty ridiculous. But that, that that's to show you that this this country I think is specifically like it's constructed to empower the powerful. Sure, 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 sure. And if you look if you look I mean you could look deeper than that, you could call it conspiracy. I mean, or going not, back to our own state, right? Like there was that big hullabaloo. Yeah. I like using that word too. It's like an old person. The big hullabaloo at the fucking Alamo reading. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is the state was founded because Texas 
was a colony of Mexico and Mexico outlawed slavery and a time when a lot of people were leaving the slave restricted parts of the South to establish new territories and be able to do what they wanted. And that's why we rebelled. That's okay. We can talk about that. Right. It's all right to bring that up. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. You know, I'm not mad about it. I'm not out in the streets burning down the Alamo because like that was just that's our history. Right. And we got to learn from that and we, we got to grow off of that. And if not, then like we're going to be making the same mistakes where we've always made. That's why 1920 doesn't feel any different from 2020. Right. You know, what do you what do you think? There's so much pushback to to not enact these changes that people like Omar and AOC are trying we're to do. We're an individualist country. So yeah. why are you going to fucking tell me what to do? Right. 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 Like. Because going back to that Brave New World scenario, right? Like the we versus them. Right. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like you look at COVID, right? Look at COVID. How many times do you see someone who is anti-vax, anti this, anti that, who have been vocal about it and then they get COVID and the last words that they hear is, man, I wish I, I, wish, I, had my vaccine. I wish I had my vaccine. It was like, there's like six interviews. This six past big guys, big, big people who have been anti. And so like, I think the same thing can kind of be said in that same respect. It's like, we don't care unless it's on our doorstep. Right. You know Speak, I mean? Speaking of the vaccine situation, right? Because I was, I was having a conversation with a few people yesterday. But um, what are your viewpoints, man? Is is Ooh. getting vaccinated? Can I have some more tequila before we do this then? Yeah, this is going to get fucking deep. Dude. I love how we were supposed to be like catch up and have fun. And then immediately we're this like, really fucking deep though. restaurants, COVID, there's vaccines, so much, there's Texas. So much shit <laughs> ha- there's so much shit happening in the yeah. world right now, man. I feel like it's almost like an injustice to we're, our viewers. Okay, we we're going to talk, talk about, about this. Like this. We're going to talk about it real quick. And yeah. then I'm gonna t- we're going to talk about a mutual friend of ours because I yeah. think this is kind of funny and I want to know <laughs> your perspective on this. <laughs> right. So back to my thing on the vaccines. Yep. Is it terrifying? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Do is my like in ten years could my heart explode and like Maybe. whatever right. yeah whatever be, yeah whatever we'll never go back to normal right of like, course this not. is the medical nine eleven for right. for those of you who still haven't wrapped your head around this this right. is the medical nine eleven yeah your world is forever changed yeah look at us we're thirty one years old we've gone through the Iraq War Oklahoma City bombings right. Waco Columbine Afghanistan eleven Afghanistan we've gone through so much shit that it's like. What the fuck else are you going to bring at us? Right. right. At this point. Right. People say we're the softest generation ever. Bullshit. No, this we are the <laughs> bitchiest generation ever. We yep. are the generation of people who call each other daddies and queens and kings. Like, we know our <laughs> place, and we're not going to sit down and shut the fuck up about it, and that's annoying to the boomers. True that. Okay, now that I'm off that soapbox. Back to the vaccine. Yep. Um, look, I don't know, man. I knew what it was right for me and my family and the choices that I wanted to make uh, and and the choices for my community. And if it's a semblance or the sliver that it's going to take us to get on the other side of it, right. then I'm going to do my part. That's what we forget, right? We call World War II the greatest generation for a reason. Right. Because they put down their 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 bullshit aside. Everyone did their Everyone fucking did part, their right? Everyone did their fucking part. They Whether sold, you, agree, they, they, you sold bonds. Women right. went to work. You know, I mean, there's a beautiful documentary, a beautiful documentary on Netflix called The Five Who Came Back. And it talks about the five biggest directors in Hollywood. I remember that. I've seen that Netflix. These motherfuckers left Hollywood, billions of dollars, and enlisted in the war, in the war effort. To document, To document the war. They were putting themselves, John Huston, Frank Capra, uh, these guys were going out on the front lines and filming these beautiful battles, right? Women were leaving the house. They were, we were picking ourselves up out of the depression. We were the greatest generation because everybody said there's a common threat, and this is what we need to do to fight it, and this is the only way we're going to win. COVID is that threat. Yep. Variants of COVID are that threat. For those of you who like, you know, Disney Loki like me, like this is a fucking variant. You got to step it out, right? Like that's the point. 
this is our battle. We can point fingers and we can say, well, it's maskers or anti-maskers or, or the Chinese or this or that. No, nah, dude, it's an invisible fucking virus. That's the threat. We all need to do our part. Makes you really fucking sick. Sometimes it kills Sometimes you. Sometimes it kills you. And look at our community, Hispanics. I'm pleading to you who are like me out there. A couple pounds overweight. You eat your flour tortillas three or four times a week. Oh, yeah. You like to drink your... It will fucking kill you if you're not careful. Yeah, fuck yeah, it will. I've lost, I've lost yeah. a family member. I've seen friends lose family members. I mean, like, this is... You're not immune, right. you know? And so my big thing is just if you want to if you want to really get behind it, either get vaxxed or wear your fucking mask and shut up. Or stay the fuck home. Stay the fuck or home. stay the fuck away from people. Yeah, like, that's cool. I, I think the thing that sucks is, like, we live, we live in a... In a in a time where we can't have like a discourse without right. getting angry. Right. Um, and this is going to piss people off. You're going to have people who are going to unsubscribe because of the opinion. Don't you give take. a fuck, man. Which Honestly, sucks. I mean, I mean what, yeah, which sucks. good. Don't give a fuck. I love that part of the rut. I don't <laughs> give a fuck, but that's what sucks, right? It's like you get to this point and you're in this place where it is unfortunately a discourse, right? It's become politicized. It's become instead of what we, we can do it's what i can what do what was the catalyst this is my thing right like when did it turn into such a fucking political issue dude and like and 10 don't years ago? and don't and don't get me wrong man like i grew up super fucking republican like believe it or not I was super Republican growing because up. Because a lot of Hispanics in South Texas are super conservative. Right. And I was just like, you know, and growing up in that. But I began to distinguish, like, whenever whenever things really started rolling mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a little more. Oz, um, how are you doing? Yeah, you need some more. Fucking drink some. Oh, so are you drinking BCAAs or are you drinking tequila a little bit? You're drinking BCAAs, bro. Both. Yeah, you're not watching this on uh, YouTube. You can need you, to go can and you subscribe womp, on YouTube. Can you womp yourself? Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's what we gotta say. Um, all right. So, anyways, I grew up. I grew up. My parents are not. Repu- my parents are apolitical. They are not political in any sense. I don't know where my Republican mindset came from. It's probably my business the upbr- background. Well, the upbringing we it's had probably, yeah. too. We grew up in a super whitewashed yeah. part of true society. True. True. I grew up in Alma Heights, so I mean, I guess maybe that's part of it. I don't. I don't know if they're more liberal now, but they were probably Republican back then. But anyways, long story short, I grew up Republican, but I began to distinguish when when something like like a pandemic begins to get politicized. And I think it's specifically the, the stuff that puts people in danger is definitely coming from Republican dialogue, Republican narrative. It's not coming from the liberal narrative because liberal narrative is mask up, vaccine, stay home or stay away from people. And the other side is like, no, don't tell me what to do. Um, you can't tell me to to take a vaccine, which I agree. Yeah. You, everyone has a free choice, but you can't tell me to mask up. But it's like, it's just a well, fucking I think, mask. I think, I think it's... Long story short, I'm not Republican. I'm not, I'm not left. No, I mean, I'm not right. I'm just like... No, for sure. Health, dude. Health. Yeah. Health is what matters. Yeah. Well, health, health's been politicized our whole lives, right? Like... Yeah. Going back to the beginning of this podcast, breaking your leg, like, if you don't have insurance and you have to deal with the American Medical Society, and the, or, or, I'm sorry, not American Medical Society, I'm not dealing with them, but, like, the American Medical right. System, right? like, it's a nightmare, right? Like, it's a fucking nightmare. I believe nightmare. it, man. Like, I'm not going to say what company I was with, but I got, a, I had to take an ambulance ride. I'm talking it's like from- like a grand to-, to $2,200. That's fucking for an ambulance ridiculous, ride. Bro. Because they wouldn't- I, well, Hold on, this is the bullshit part about it, right? I told them, no, I want to drive myself. They wouldn't let you. They wouldn't let me. You kidding me? Because it's because if what happens if I drive, like let's say they leave, I leave clinic A to go to the hospital, but somewhere belong on that ride, I hurt myself even more. Then it's I on them, them or what? It's on them. They Jesus let me go, Christ. right? So it's like it's it's because we live in a country. Like, ugh, fuck, where? What was I watching? Someone was talking about the idea of like living in America. We just sue the fuck out of everybody. Yeah, I've heard and that. You got to be like really fucking careful of what you say, what you do. I mean. <sighs> 
if we're going to stay in this realm, you know, that the, the abortion bill that was passed here in Texas earlier this year. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous, by the way. You can sue anybody for assuming that they had an abortion. So, like, that is fucking ridiculous, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, we, li- like we, we are so horny for suing people. Right. It's un, it's nuts. Right. It's absolutely insane. I mean, like, I, I think I think on top of being horny to sue people, right? I think th- there's a lot of people up above. being horny to sue people. <laughs> there's a lot of people up above that are being horny to just control people. In my opinion, again, going back to like my buddy who loves conspiracy, you can believe whatever you want. It's just how far down the line or rabbit hole are you willing to go? Right. Like I, I think there is some beauty to living kind of blindly. You yeah, know? there is. I mean, you're not going to... Because once you open up that box, <laughs> like, you're fucked. It's, it's you ongoing. Fucked. Bro, I remember... Uh, so, like... <laughs> I know I'll say it again, but... I grew I grew up Christian. I grew up Catholic. Converted to Christianity, I think, like, wait, when wait, I was, like, let me ask you a question. Yeah, why did you Why do you distinct the difference? Because that's a big thing in South yeah, Texas yeah, that yeah. bothers me. Because they're not different. Yeah, they're not entirely different. But the, the true, like, the true difference between uh, Christianity and Catholicism, in my view, yeah, in my sure. upbringing, was that when, when you think of, when you think of God and Jesus Christ, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily, like, in, in Catholicism, there's a lot of statues, Sure. You you pray to the statues. Yeah. You um, so it's all the stuff like Martin Luther spoke out against, like the idolatry, exactly penance. There's a lot of ideology. There's what do you call it? Idolatry. Idolatry. Okay. So praying to idols. Idolatry. Fact fact check that. Idolatry. Can we Google that? Can we Google that? How do we spell? Also, yeah, we should. If you've heard the first thirty minutes of this, you know that we know nothing. We know nothing at all. And this is just to get Mao out of his rut. It is to get me out of my fucking rut because I am. You're deep I'm in so it. I'm so deep into question? this shit. You can, yeah. you, can, you can pause your mic. When's the last time you got laid? <sighs> Pre-pandemic? No, dude. This was Thank super, God. This was super recent, bro. Super recent. This happens a lot. Sick. This happens a lot. <laughs> can, I get, can I get some claps for my boy on that real quick? <laughs> put some know, claps on the put mic. Put some claps on the mic. <laughs> Happens a lot. There yeah, this happens a lot. The worship idolatry. I, idolatry. The wor- the worship of idols. All right, right. So c- back to back to the conversation of Catholicism. So the biggest difference that I saw growing up is that every one of my, you know, relatives was praying to statues and yeah, yeah. doing such, and Jesus Christ was still on the cross and such and such. But when I converted to uh, Christianity, I began to realize like. Jesus Christ, there's an emphasis on the resurrection. For sure. There's a there's an emphasis on salvation. The only way through salvation is through Christ, um, through Christ yeah. and acknowledging that Christ is your Lord and Savior. But uh-huh. here's the dark fucking story where I, I you know, anyways, Catholicism, Christianity. Yeah, yeah. The dark story goes, I began to study philosophy. Okay. And philosophy takes you in one of the, if you haven't studied philosophy in, in you know, in a, in a setting where you're having dialogue with, someone who is teaching and of course you have classmates who are going through the understanding of whatever you're touching on but i began to study philosophy and that threw me in the biggest rabbit hole oh yeah and i lost all senses of everything 100 percent. i didn't believe in anything i i lost myself for probably a good six months been there and yeah i came out of that like a changed person yeah i think i think losing i think losing religion and then finding spirituality is yeah. is, is great and i you know my mom's gonna kill me for this. It's all right. <laughs> now, I I was raised I was raised ba- Baptist, but like really kind of liberal Baptist. Mm-hmm. And for us, like 
growing up, it was very much that Protestant style, right? So like Christianity is the umbrella, and then I guess you would say the two branches are Catholicism, Eastern Orthodox, and I guess Protestantism, right? Right. I grew up for being in South Texas. Yeah. Not, not a lot of us are raised Baptist when you look like this, you know. I remember my friends like feeling left out that I couldn't get a communion. <laughs> like no I was way. like, Mom, I don't I'm not gonna get a communion. Like, but all my friends are doing it and they're like, We're not Catholic. Like you got baptized like when you were eight. Like you you want a communion, like, I'll make you a cake. I don't know what the fuck to tell you, right? <laughs> I'll give you a white yeah, little rope. Yeah, yeah. You want to put on a white dress? And I was like, hey, that's another story, you know? So we we went through that, and then I fell out of it, and then I got into it very, like, I would say I studied sociology. Sociology is what fucked yeah. me up. I failed the shit out of my sociology, sociology class, by the way. Because I was like, oh, man, everyone lives so much different than I yeah. did, and that idea that, like, you didn't have, like, this, not everyone has this most beautiful childhood was such, like, a hard fucking thing right. to deal with. And then my dad came out at 18. So like I remember you, that. So which is huge, right? Which is shout out my dad. Yeah, uh, shout out. Shout out my dad because he's, he's fucking hilarious. I'm still connected with him, bro. Yeah. I love your dad. San Antonio Silver Fox on Instagram. Yeah, he is. Super handsome. Anyway, that's <laughs> So he comes out and it like and it, and, and you, you it kind of fucks with your whole world because if you if you fall into it you believe a certain way. You really you think it fucks with the world or oh, 100%, did you did you 100%, see it from a different view? No, hundred percent fucked me. Really? Okay, so let me paint the picture for those of you who don't know me the way Mao does. Uh, we grew up in the ideal. If you've seen Varsity Blues, you've been yeah. to my high school. Yeah, you, bro. I remember your dad being at parties, and I was like, "Holy shit, Matt's dad is a hard ass." Like, he was I tough. cannot fuck. He was off. fucking tough. Yeah, yeah. My dad was tough. I remember. I think I had a party one time, and some kids tried to bring beer in, and my dad like yep. chased him down. The bro, street. I was there. My dad was. Crazy. I was there. My dad was fucking nuts. You want to talk about some crazy shit? My dad was fucking. <laughs> nuts. Go on. I interrupted you. Uh, so like, it changed your perspective of yeah, man. Of not only like religion, right? Because religion yeah. says it's wrong, uh, but how to be a man, right? Right. How are you raised as a man? If, if you've never, if you are one of the few, whether you're a woman raised by a lesbian or a uh, straight man raised by a gay, a gay man, at any point in your life, especially when you're at that precipice of, of manhood, 18 to 25, it will fuck with you. I think about it like this. Like I thought every dad watched Project Runway and Sex in the City. And like, that was where our shows, you know, we watched yeah. flip this motherfucking house as a family. <laughs> we weren't watching Monday night football. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not cheering for the Spurs. I'm cheering for fucking Carrie Bradshaw, my dude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm team Carrie all the motherfucking way. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about the Super Bowl? Like that's how it was. And I thought that was normal. And, and then you see it and it questions like, Oh fuck, do I know how to be a dude? You know, I'd be a man. Right. And the great thing about my dad was like, I think a part of him always taught my brother and I not only how to be extraordinary men. Shout out to your to, brother, man. How, yeah, brother. shout out my brother. Shout out Jake. Jacob. Yo, a kid, have you seen him recently? That's my boy, bro. He's, He's fucking, fucking shredded, yoked. dude. For someone who doesn't eat eggs, he yeah, is yoked. Dude. Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right, I interrupted you so again. So basically to tie that all in is like it questions you and then you go through it. So you break down religion, you break down society, you break down culture norms, gender norms, and you go through a dark point. But when you get to that other side, you, I feel like it's a much more beautiful point, place to be at. Of course. Because you can live in this, like, you can live in the bubble, right? Right. You see it. How many people will you follow on Instagram or Facebook who have grown up, gone to college, moved back to the same neighborhood, and are doing the same shit that we that we saw their parents do? Yeah, yeah. You know I, mean, that, I mean, that's the common... That's the common... That's the South Texas thing. Yeah, I, I think like, it's everyone attracts to what they understand and what they know. It's very... It's, uh, it's very Yeah, it's very... It's very rare to see any of my friends or see people in general that steer away from the path it's that they're beautiful. comfortable in. It's absolutely beautiful right. for the ones who get to do it because, right. cause like, I think there's, there's no... Looking back on it, right? You can right. you can say like, "Oh, fuck that," but like looking back on, it, it's a beautiful way to live life. Right? It's not for everybody. It's not for me. Right. But it's a beautiful way to live life. And so, what I got to do is I got to really put the core and the crux of my philosophy and my religion and what I believed in into food. 
yeah. into, into restaurants and to talk about the political discourse. I mean, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've had the most intense political, sociological, religious conversations in the middle of a service while cooking. I believe it. Or prepping or getting ready. You know, um, my, one of my, one of the, I will, I'll be frank, the guy who saved my life, the guy who really is named Peter Sipeston. Um, if you aren't familiar with Chef Peter Sipeston, Chef Peter Sipeston's from New Orleans, Louisiana. He's a man of God. He uh, opened Where You At Food Truck and then Cookhouse, and that's kind of where he came into my story as I started working for him at the Cookhouse. But his faith and the way that he accepts everybody and the way that he, he walked the walk is what saved yeah. my life in, re- in a religious aspect. Right. You know, which would really put me back on the path to, to, to spirituality. Right. Um, because you got to see people who lived life that weren't necessarily the same way you were preached about, right? Like right. my favorite character in the Bible is David because David went through some fucking shit. Right. He did some shit. And he still f- went after God's heart. And I feel like for, for me specifically and, and for anybody who's out there who, who's questioning religion or spirituality or anything like that, it's okay to not know. Right. It's okay to not understand. It's okay to be in a rut. You know, like, yeah, I keep telling to- myself that's that, to- but it is, but you have to come out of the rut. Like, I, I think it's okay to be in the rut, but it should not. But you be- shouldn't look for the, like, you shouldn't beat yourself up if you're not. It's true. You know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't beat yourself up if you're like, okay, I've been doing this. Like you, you said earlier, not to put you on blast, but you're like, yeah. I was like a month and you were like, oh, actually it's been like a month before. Yeah. That. I hit so it well. It's, it's, I hit yeah. it well for like two But that's okay. Months. You're okay. Cause like sometimes you need to just say, okay. Everything that I know, everything that I am, pause. We're just travelers, man. It's We're true. just fucking passing through. It's true. You know? Um, and and with that being said, it is okay to rest. It is okay yeah. to feel stuck. It is okay to not know. It's much better to, I, in my opinion, to be stuck and work on yourself than to be quiet and fade away. It's you know? true, man. It's 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 hard when you're... Um when you have a platform like the one that I do in terms of like a podcast, I'm not saying I have a big platform, but d- people definitely like respond to shit that I put out. Any I, platform I you said. have, man. And I feel like there's, there's kind of a responsibility to kind of be like this tough fucking person. I, like through everything, you have to fucking keep persevering, persevering. It's the American ideal, right? Like right. We are, we are the, we all want to be Teddy Roosevelt, but if you read into Teddy Roosevelt, like he was a sad, he was a emotional like softy he was one of the toughest men in american history and did some fucked up shit but like dude was a softy at heart yeah a big big fucking softy yeah and and i think it's just you know it's hard for me to kind of take a step back and say hey you know what you need to give yourself a little time sure you need grace like everybody deserves grace yeah like that's the most beautiful thing right and i think that's I don't know how to hit the fucking pause button you're not it's okay we're not pro we talked about sleep earlier right i get like three hours of sleep a night but, you know, it's because you haven't allowed yourself the grace to sleep. It's probably true. You know what I mean? Because in your, like, if I can, if I can analyze for a second, you've yeah. come from Wall Street yeah. to social media. Yeah, it's right? totally. So you've gone to two high energy, never sleep, never stop. Without cocaine. Working. Yeah, shout out uh, the <laughs> fact that you did that without cocaine. <laughs> uh, because I'm going to tell you, I, I've, drank, I've drank enough bang energy that it's like I'm doing cocaine. You ever do bang energy and mix pre-workout into it? And I then stay go, away from caffeine. And go on, dude. Oz is shaking his head. He knows what's up. Knows what's he, up. Oz, do you dry scoop? I'll snort it. He's in the office. He's doing bang. He's you're doing, 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 doing C4 lines, bro. Why do kids bro? do dry scoops? Cause you, are, you, are you too afraid to do cocaine so you just dry scoop? Because <laughs> let me tell you, brother, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Shout what? out Rick James. Right. 
But true, man. It's Wall Street, social media, yeah. media in general just go, go, is just go, fucking, go, it's go, nonstop, go, go, go. dude. And so you program yourself. You become this character, right? Right. I got to be tough. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got it. Right. And then you're just, you're just, you're fucking tired, bro. Yeah. You're exhausted. It it's definitely what it and is. And it's not going to go to like a place, like you said you went to New York and like, but you still took meetings. Yeah, I did. You didn't just go. No, I fucking go, worked. You know, money in <laughs> pocket, dick in hand and just went out on vacation. Yeah. I got to experience something really beautiful uh, earlier this year. I went to Hawaii for the first time for a friend of mine's wedding, and I didn't really have a job at the time, didn't really know the fuck I was going to do, and I just went. Just booked it? Uh, well, we went for uh, Choco Burnell. You know yeah, Choco. Of course. Choco got married got out married. in Hawaii. Yep. Uh, shout out my boy Choco. Shout out Choco. Known him forever as well. Um, yeah, and just to, like, release, dude. Yeah. It was orgasmic. I bet. Like, well, fucking Hawaii is beautiful. And, and that's sunset they, up there, I bet it was fucking beautiful. filmed Jurassic Park. It was cool. Dude, I jumped off a cliff and gave myself an enema. You're a savage, bro. Fine, say that in the mic. <laughs> okay, I gave myself a water enema, and then I shit my pants in a CVS. You want to hear this story? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's 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 make this. We, You know what? Actually, you should save this for the next episode. For the next episode? Yeah, Let me just I tell you like this. We need a Don't them. jump into a cliff, off of a cliff, bow-legged. You will get water in your butt. Oh, I bet you would. Hard. I bet you would. Dude, fucking hard. I bet you would. And then I ate. And then I ate poke afterward. I ate raw fish afterwards. <laughs> All right, so we got we got to finalize this episode because I feel like people need to uh, stay in in uh, in continue mode. Yeah. Because I want to bring them back. Sure. What do we finish off with, man? What um. So, you know, what what, what did we say well, in the audience? I don't know. You know, I think I think we covered a lot. Yeah, we did. If you have any problems, again, this is the Guru Presario. Uh, podcast, direct your problems to plug, Oz. That plug, yeah, Oz, Oz, Oz will back, filter. No, I think work. you just ended in the fact that like, no matter where you go, where you are, one of the beautiful parts about San Antonio, it's home. It and you home. have friends and you have family and you can always come home. It is. And so shout out you. True shout that. out the boy Mal for bringing me on and just come back next time. Next time we won't be as serious. Yeah, bro. I'm going to smoke weed in the office next time. Let's on do camera. it, man. Let's do it. All I right. appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me, brother. Uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. If you guys have not subscribed yet, make sure you go subscribe. I'm going to tell you all the platforms you need to subscribe. Most importantly, we're probably on 12 platforms, but most 12? importantly, 12. Yeah. 12 cast box breaker, all kinds of other shit that nobody listens to, but they're still on there. I didn't know those were even platforms. Yeah, dude. Are um, you on platform nine and, nine and three quarters? I don't know what the fuck that Shout is. Shout out Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so most importantly, you you need to subscribe on YouTube because there's a video portion. If you're listening to this on Apple iTunes or Spotify, there is a video portion that follows this and you could uh, you could watch that video and it's just, you know, it's more it's more attractive than listening to a fucking podcast. Also, and, yeah. if you really like this, subscribe and then tell them how much you like this so they can bring yeah. it back so we can do this again. Yeah, bring it back and then, uh, well, we're definitely bringing you back even shit, if people shit. don't like it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, um, we talked about some crazy things today. We talked about conspiracy theories. We talked about a lot, but we're <laughs> going to we're gonna leave them cliffing. Um, cliff it up. Cliff it up. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Play us out to some applause. Can we get some applause? Yeah. On <laughs> That's the finisher. <laughs> Tune in the next episode. We'll see you guys in the next one. Later, y'all.